You're listening to the Axis Realty Podcast, hosted by Jason Sellers and Ted Work. Today, we are talking about agents, all about agents, uh, their relationships with brokerages and and uh, where we're going to see them in the future, how things are changing because of the market, all sorts of fun stuff. So uh, let's get into it. The first question that we're going to talk about that we're going to ask about agents and brokerages is how do you find, as an agent, the brokerage that you want to work for? That's an important question to ask, and I think it's very personal. It has a lot to do with what you're looking to do and who's the right fit for you. And and you got to back up a little bit and say, being an agent is like being your own business. I mean, you're you're it. So, what support you're getting, what kind of classes you're getting? If you do, you want classes? Do you want training? You know, yeah. do you um, are looking for a hundred percent shop? Are you bringing all the business, or do you want a broker that goes out and gets business and gives you the deal? So, a lot of those are just different ways to. Um, think and approach the the question of what what brokerage is is good for you, and again, it comes back to who you are and what you're looking to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you already have five deals lined up as an agent? If you just got licensed, did you get licensed because you know five people move into Arizona and you're going to help them buy houses? Like that's already a nice little pipeline. Yeah. <laughs> Versus like, hey, I, I think I want to try this out and I don't have anything lined up. So then you got to work hard to get that pipeline built and, and all of that. Yeah. And, and finding your way in, in the first couple of months is, is important. Not to mention yeah. all of the other factors coming into the market with, um, you know, Zillow, they were here for a little while as iBuyers. And so they're, they're taking a little bit of market share. Open door is still pretty active. Yeah. You know, so they're, um, there's been a lot of change, I think, for agents, and I think there's a lot of questions that they should ask, um, respective to what they're trying to accomplish and how they see themselves fitting into the market over the next five years. Gotcha. So, w- would you say that being a part of a brokerage makes it easier for an agent? Well, it's a requirement number one. Oh, so you, I did not know this. Yes. So, <laughs> okay. as a licensed agent, you must hang your license with a brokerage. So, gotcha. That's that's kind of how I look at brokerage is is they're required as an auditing piece for the state. So they basically gotcha. collect all the paperwork and make sure that agents are handling it the right way so that when the state wants to do an audit, they've got one point of contact for gotcha. all those agents at that brokerage. That makes sense. Yeah. Definitely. So I didn't know that, but that's that's a good good thing to know. I was kind of asking before we started recording what the difference between an agent and a brokerage is. And we kind of talked about that, right? It's it's basically the management of agents. Yeah, it's the oversight. Simple? Yeah. It's, it's the, the oversight. oversight. And making sure that people are abiding by code of ethics and yeah. adhering to all the laws and regulations and and being nice people. Yeah. Like we, want to, <laughs> we want nice people working here. Yeah. Hey, you know, that's definitely a boost for business to be nice. Um, awesome. Well, let's talk about what kinds of things agents can do to uh, make a name for themselves. Like what what is... 
something you were talking about Zillow and 72 uh, by 72 Oh that's that's the big one right now yeah Um but yeah like what that's a very specific type of or they're trying to be big and large and and swallow up the houses but they have a very specific type of property they're they're going for right so how can you as an agent make a name for yourself be different and stand out well, this comes down to your personality and what you are interested in. Because if you if you get involved with a type of property, if you want to be in commercial, if you want to be in um, you know multifamily, if you want to be in industrial, or if you want to be in residential investment properties, depending on what your personality is and what you you kind of are interested in, that's going to encourage you every day to kind of get up and be motivated to be active in that field, right? Sure. So, yeah. and that's that's another aspect where working with clients, it's fun because you kind of get to know what their needs are and you adapt to what they're looking for and then you kind of go out and help find it. But if you're not interested in it at the same time, it's like, okay, well, um, it's it can be harder. Not that you sure. can't do it, but it, it's harder. And sure. th- there is a certain aspect of, you know, part of our code of ethics in real estate is that, you need to be um, passing off your client if you don't have the experience to do it. You need to be honest with yeah. them and just say, hey, and you can still do the work. There's nothing wrong with doing the work. Um, if, you, if, if you've never done a commercial deal, but you've got to disclose that to your client, right? Yeah. You've got to say, hey, by the way, yeah. I've sold a ton of residential properties. Yeah. I've never sold you know, a, a commercial building. Sure. And if they they're, they're they're like you know what I have experience doing that as a client, um, and I just like you because you're great at communicating, then that's fine, right? Yeah. But you got to disclose that up front. Sure. Say hey, you know this is this is my area of expertise, and we're getting to the boundary and kind of getting outside of my area. So gotcha. That again, honesty and disclosure is the number one thing to always come back to and make sure that you're, you know, following those two things and. The rest of it kind of takes care of itself if if you are kind of adhere to that. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, that story makes me think of, or or that that idea makes me think of a funny story. My dad tells me a, kind of a lot. He in dental school or when he was teaching people, he he's a dentist. He teaches people um, how to do stuff. And one of his students had never done this particular procedure before, and he goes in and he was about to do the procedure and the the patient was like, oh, have you done this procedure before? And he'd never done it before, but he said, I've done this a number of times. The number's zero, but I've definitely done this a number of times. So it's like, it's that, it's the amount of confidence or like how you portray yourself is uh, not, not the great majority of what you need to accomplish your goal, but it's definitely helps. Like you, you want to have that. I, I, I guess it, it's different because it's like dental school. So it's, you're learning. Yeah. And, and I would like say that. as your broker, I would say disclose the actual yeah. number. <laughs> yeah. No, of so course. It's when there's a lawsuit analogous. later, it's like, I told them it was no, right. Yeah, <laughs> as as a person going in to get dentistry from a dental student, you sign a waiver to sure. know that it <laughs> But that just reminded me of that. I'm so sorry. Um yeah, so you have legal obligations to disclose uh, or or give your client the best possible effort that you can. If you don't have the right experience, if you don't feel comfortable then it's kind of uh, part of the code of ethics to pass it off. That's interesting. Or to bring somebody else that does have yeah. that. So, you know, another big 
thing that I like to do is is work with other agents. So yeah. I'm not opposed. I'm at a point in my career where I don't need to do every single little thing anymore, and I'd love to work with other agents and collaborate. So yeah. if somebody else has a certain level of experience over there, then we could work out a referral agreement or something like sure. that. So, and, and quite honestly, there's a lot of agents out there that that's all they do, right? Right. They just, okay. they just try to get a client and then they refer them out. Um, so, you know, that can happen from other states as well. So people who are moving here, if, if there's an agent in, North Dakota, mm-hmm. and their their brother in law is moving to Arizona. They can call up a uh, brokerage here and say, "Hey, I've got a client. You know, can you pay me a referral fee?" And and that's that's totally totally on board too. Yeah, that's just probably so much easier in a lot. Right, of, but there's yeah. a lot of agents. So you know, finding what you what level of participation you want, uh-huh. what type of properties you like and want to work in, and what kind of clients you want to work with. Um, those are all things that are personal to the individual agent. And then again, coming back to that idea that being an agent is like being uh, a small business. You're on your own. And if you, you're operating at a brokerage, but at the same time there, the brokerage is there to oversee and you've got to make a decision if you want to go to a brokerage that kind of has everything dialed in for you already. Or if you like to operate on your own as a independent yeah. Um, business. So, you know, you'd form a group, a, sure. a team, be part of a team, go work on a team. There's a lot of different ways to accomplish um, the real estate career. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I imagine that being an agent in real estate, there's all sorts of different types of real estate. And uh, one of the questions that I think is is interesting to ask is, what type of classes do you offer your agents and what, what do those classes usually like entail? Like what's the length of them? How much you just go into that for a little bit. Yeah. So this is an, this is a deeply philosophical question for me. Okay. It's the idea of classes and training in general and how much do they cost? How much do you want to pay for them? Um, Are they included? Are they free? Et cetera. And, at the end of the day, and this kind of goes across the board with a lot of different um, disciplines, is that education is becoming free. Sure. Which is, and I say it's a philosophical question because at the same time, we are at the height of educational costs. I mean, you hear it all the time yeah. with student loans and all the stuff going on out there that you know people are paying a ton of money to go to school. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, you can get the same information off a podcast. Oh, yeah. Totally. Or YouTube. Or YouTube. Or, or some or other avenue. Exactly. So you're paying for the experience and you're paying for the network at the end of the day. Okay, yeah. So, and you're paying for a little bit of prestige maybe if the school or the yeah. has a name. So a brokerage is not so dissimilar in the sense of a lot of people go to a brokerage because of the name. Gotcha. They don't necessarily go for the classes or the training, although some people do make that decision, yeah. right? Some people say, hey, here's the path, here's the training. Yeah. Um, I've talked to a couple of people who have gone through training at some larger brokerages, and they get into a room with 30 other new agents, and they're looking around, and they're like, okay, I'm just going to sit here for three hours. Yeah. And, and like the takeaway is, I just sat here for three hours in a training 
session, right? Yeah. So we actually, we don't have a specific program. Gotcha. Because I feel like you can, if you want to go, I mean, I just did a search this morning. It was like, all right, YouTube training, real estate classes or whatever. And there's like so many out there. Yeah. So I'm of of the mindset that if there's something you're interested in, you can find it. And as a broker here at Axis, I'll help you find that. Sure. And then we, we can have personal one-on-one conversations about how that affects you. I would rather do that than say, hey, we have like a seven training classes once a week. Yeah. Like that to me is is a little counterproductive to um, how this industry actually works. I got you. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, it's it's very interesting. I, I, I love to like, uh, I do programming every once in a while, and a lot of that is just learning new languages and things. And you you don't need to go to school for that. There's a eight-hour YouTube video that goes over every single thing you need to know. Right. The problem is sticking with it and not changing and 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 making sure that you're asking the right questions or that I, I guess a lot of that uh a lot of modern college education i guess is like the interaction between like asking questions and being told you're right or wrong right that's right. the but when you're learning like factual stuff i can't i can't imagine it's much yeah one of the things that i i kind of gleaned from my education is the idea of learning how to learn Exactly. Right. So going through life, asking questions, figuring it out, and 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 um, and working at it. So sure. I guess I've always been that way. Is is I don't like the idea of going and learning how to do something for six hours or for yeah. twelve hours, <laughs> you know, fictitiously or this is not a real thing. To me, um, I like the idea of, you know, hey Jason. I'm writing a contract tonight. Can you give me, you know, 20 minutes of help on it? For sure. Yeah. Like, let's go over this in detail. And now we have a real deal to talk about. Sure. You know, rather than, and is it helpful to do training and, and do three hours of contract writing? Sure. It's helpful. And when you I, haven't done that before. When, when it's you've your never first done that, time doing it. It's, sure. Absolutely. It's helpful. But like I said, there's different ways to learn. And yeah. I've always been more on the side of, learn through experience by doing yeah. and having somebody either mentor you through that or helping you answer a one-off question. Yeah. Right. So I think those are the kind of things and that's, that's my personality. And so if, if somebody's out there and they want to have like seven training classes in their first 60 days of being a, a, a licensee, then, yeah. you know, then maybe a different venue is good for sure. <laughs> but I would also say you could probably find that on YouTube so yeah. then it comes down a lot to cheaper then, <laughs> then it comes down to um what kind of a brokerage is a good fit for your personality and yeah. like that um conversation with the broker um office environment um culture of the company yeah that's so much more important than than the the training that they offer right because that's you're only going to be in training for so long and then you have to interact with everybody. And if you don't like the people, then <laughs> yeah, eventually you got to get out and do it. So yeah, yeah totally. I've, the faster that you can do that, the better. Yeah, I totally get that. That's, that's a great, great way to, to think about it. Definitely. Especially as a brokerage and as somebody who sees it a lot, do you, you usually get like agents who are just, just getting into the business or do you usually, 
uh, hire agents or find agents that are more experienced? I, I think a lot of our agents um, have a little bit more experience. Yeah. Um, we're very willing to take on new agents and yeah. help them through that process. Like I said, it'd be a very one-on-one mm-hmm. type of um, mentorship and growth. But um, yeah, we're, we're not like a, a training facility. Yeah. We're like, we got 30 <laughs> new agents coming in this month and everybody's yeah. doing the same thing. Sure. Um, it's kind of counter to my whole being, I think. It's, yeah. That's not how I operate. And I guess I gravitate towards people who operate like I do and have the sure. same kind of vision. That makes sense. Well, uh, kind of going off of that, how many real estate agents do you have in the office? We have eight, brokerage? eight agents right now. Eight. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Nice svelte number. What, yeah. What's the, what's a huge brokerage? What's, what are the numbers look like at like a really thousands. big thousands? Yeah. Thousands. Thousands. And so we can talk a little bit about wow. that, you know, the more agents you have as uh-huh. a broker, the more rules you need to set up to make sure that you can easily enforce them. Yeah. Right? So this is actually why um, I started our property management team back in the day was uh, the brokerage I was at, I won't name names, but okay. they didn't allow their agents to do property management. And okay. a lot of brokerages do not allow their agents to do that because there is a higher level of liability and risk involved sure. with that. So sure. how do you keep a large number of agents in line? Well, you have more restrictions, mm-hmm. right? And so our company has a lot of room to maneuver because we do have a smaller number of agents and we have a more personal relationship with them and a, yeah. a greater understanding of what they're doing and how they're, they're operating. And so I have a, I have a better comfort level and they can come to me with, Hey, this is what I want to do. Okay. This is how we do it. Gotcha. Right? So in a larger company, larger brokerage, they're going to say, you're going to go, you're going to go to your broker and say, this is what I want to do. And they're going to look through their book and say, okay, um, this is what you're allowed to do. And this is what you can't do. Right. And we're not changing it for you. Because we have we have so right, many. right, yeah. That's that totally makes sense, especially because you want to be doing all sorts of different things. You want to have your own niche. You have to be flexible in that way, and that's that's a good way to do it is to have a lower number of agents. So, uh, are are these mega brokerages? Are they kind of geared toward just training a bunch of agents the same kind of thing, and then? Everybody does everything kind of the same, or I, I imagine that's they have just like an agent factory. Yeah, I I think that's certainly part of it. I, I don't think that's all of it. I think sure. there's a lot of other nuance to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of it is brand recognition and and wanting to step into that. So, you know, somebody who has a very specific idea as an agent of of what kind of agent they want to be and wants to brand themselves. then they're trying to create their brand as an individual or maybe as a team, like a small group, this is who we want to be. And without that, sometimes people just want to be part of a a big name. Yeah. Because there is, to a certain degree, there is a immediacy of recognition or an assumption of what you're able to do and provide because you have that name there. Yeah. I personally think that um, agency brokerages all 
had that connotation that there's a certain level. I mean, that's what having a real estate license is all about is that there is a certain level of expectation for all agents and all brokerages. Sure. Um, the brand recognition is just a different way to view that. We have a little bit of time left and, um, I would like to talk about a specific agent you have, uh, uh, someone who we both know. Before we get into that, I want to ask one quick question. This is a question from an agent to a brokerage. Here it is. Here we go. What are your expectations for me as an agent? What are the expectations of of Access Property? Well, first and foremost, my expectation is that you represent me. Mm -hmm. And that goes with ethical, um, professional, and a little bit of personality, I think, is involved of just kind of, we said the word nice, it's kind of, you know, yeah. blah, but that's, <laughs> sure. you know, we want, that's the ultimate definition of an agent. They are an agent, and a lot of people get this confused, they're not an agent for the client, they're an agent for their broker. Mm-hmm. So the the client relationship is actually from the brokerage, to the client. Gotcha. The agent represents the brokerage Yeah. in that um, transaction. So my expectation for you as an agent would just be to represent us the best way possible. You know, mm-hmm. live up to our standards, which is just, like I said, honesty, being professional, um, mm-hmm. having good ethics, and, and, and walking through that. And then if you have any questions, you call me. And that's, yeah. that's the end. You know, we have a conversation about it and kind of go from there. Um, that's really, you know, outside of that, if we got that down, sure. then I'm pretty happy. Awesome. Um, is there like a, when, when you get a new agent, uh, is there like an onboarding like presentation you do or like, a you probably have an employee manual, uh, uh is there like a big book of expectations? We have a big book of great expectations. Oh, well, there you go. That's yeah. that. Well, you answer my question. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to move on. No, I just wanted to talk about Dave a little bit. Dave Benton, you're probably your most animated agent, I imagine. Sure. He is very, uh, very, very much a people person, very much extroverted. So, what are the what are the things that what are the characteristics of Dave that make him um that should be his autobiography characteristics of Dave what make him a good agent for the brokerage so it kind of goes along with your question about expectations but i think that this applies to any any aspiring agent or any experienced agent out there they're experienced they've done it enough and yeah that's one of his qualities. He has the experience and he's seen a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different Mm -hmm. conversations, and he's been able to be successful through all of those. So I think what makes him unique is, is just his personality. And, um, and a lot of, look, a lot of good agents are extroverts and they like to be out there and they like to be talking to people and that, that helps. Sure. It's not the end-all, be-all. I don't think that I'm as extroverted as a lot of those people are, but um, that's certainly one characteristic that is helpful. Yeah. Um, but at the but behind that personality and being out there is the education, the experience, um, having your own set of personal guidelines and and rules that you follow yeah. inside of the code of ethics and those kind of things. So. 
those are all the you know the helpful traits. Yeah, so you you guys are pretty hands off on the agents. You let them kind of do their thing, and there's a certain amount of allowing them to be who they are. Yeah, right. And then there's the aspect of oversight and making yeah. sure that we hit the the key points that we're required to do. Right. So we absolutely do that, and within those boundaries, you know, there's the room for. As I was saying before, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? What direction are you trying to go? And how can we help you get there? Sure. Um, and I don't know if we're going to have time to touch on it, but, you know, there's a lot of these agents have um, have a lot of headwinds coming up. Oh, yeah. You know, we're talking a little bit about big big box brokerages that are transitioning from independent agents to, like, hourly agents that just answer a couple questions here or there. Okay. Um, we did a deal with a company. I won't say who it was, but we did a deal with a company like that and put it in perspective. Traditional real estate transaction, there's me as an agent and there's another agent. And then there's the brokers behind them, but the brokers usually are involved in the transaction. Just the two agents talking, communicating, submitting offers okay. back and forth and coordinating everything. Okay, well, this big box brokerage, we had seven different people involved in the transaction. You okay. Know, and, and back up and say, you know, in, in many cases, you do have a transaction coordinator, perhaps. Okay. Depending on what their role is. But in this case, there were seven different people, and they were all inside their lane, and not a one of them knew exactly what the other person was doing. Okay. So it was very conveyor beltish. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do this and then pass it off. And so it was very difficult to get some of these transactions completed because yeah, you didn't have one person who was like the quarterback or like, hey, I'm going to take care of this and it's my responsibility to make sure that everything comes together for the client. Gotcha. There was seven people who were being paid hourly and and they were just like, okay, well, I did my job, so you know, we're yeah, done. and um, and so it's a it's a very it's a it's a unique experience, and um, these are some of the things that maybe the market or um, you know, our clients are seeing this, and they're they're kind of questioning, is that maybe maybe I want to do that, maybe yeah. I, maybe I don't want to list my house, maybe I just want to give it over to somebody else and take the money and go. Sure. Right. So, you know, that's where these big box come in and they just kind of buy the property from them instead of actually listing it. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's advantages to it. There's nothing wrong with it, but sure. it's a different experience and frame it in the context of new agents or experienced agents. The landscape is shifting. Sure. You know, even if we want to go in down the road of commissions, they've dropped 25 to 30% hmm. in the last four years mm -hmm. on average. Gotcha. Yeah, we can talk about. I would love to do an episode about the the uh, the landscape in the next five years. I think that'd be a good yeah. um, good topic to touch on. But I believe for this episode, we are finished. Thank you for listening to the AXSRE podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, please email AXSREpod at gmail.com. You can visit Access Property Management online at accesspropertyadvisors.com. This podcast was produced by T-Door Productions. 
theme song by Delicate Steve. <laughs> 